Hello, and welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and this is Catechism Thursday. We are going through Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day number six. And the questions are going to be from 16 through 19, so four total questions. And I'll say this up front. These are fantastic questions. I love them. They're super helpful and they're rich, theologically rich and just rich for your heart. So if you guys want to follow along, we're going to start off with question and answer number 16. Question, why must he be a true and righteous man? Answer, he must be a true man because the justice of God requires that the same human nature which has sinned, should pay for sin. He must be a righteous man because one who himself is a sinner cannot pay for others. And so Ursinus explains his answer. He has five different points. So first point, it pleased him to be a man because it was man who sinned and that he might be able to die. Point two, it pleased him to be very man. Because God's justice requires the same nature to make satisfaction. And because the truth of God required it. And for our comfort, he is our brother. That he might be a faithful high priest. Point three. It pleased him to be a perfectly righteous man. And this was to fulfill all righteousness. And deserve to be our savior. Point four, it pleased him to be made as a sinner, to be qualified and to be viewed as a sinner, not a sinner in himself, but to be viewed and to be reckoned as a sinner. Point five, his perfect righteousness fulfilled the law in four respects. First, by his own righteousness. Second, by enduring punishment sufficient for our sins. Third, so that Christ fulfills the law for us by and through the Spirit. And lastly, number four, Christ fulfills the law by teaching it and restoring its true sense. Question answer 17. Why must he at the same time be true God? We just proved being true man. Why must he be at the same time true God? Answer, he must be true God so that by the power of his divine nature, he might bear in his human nature the burden of God's wrath and might obtain for us and restore to us righteousness and life. And again, Ursinus has five points to help us understand this question and answer. First, That he might, by the power of his Godhead, sustain in his human nature the infinite wrath of God against sin and endure a punishment which, although it was temporal as it respects to its duration, it was nevertheless infinite in greatness, dignity, and value. So even though he had this punishment in time, in earth, It had eternal value to it. Point two, it was necessary that the ransom which the Redeemer paid 
should be of infinite value, that it might possess a dignity and merit sufficient for the redemption of our souls, and that it might avail in the judgment of God for the purpose of expiating our sins, so taking them away, giving us righteousness, and restoring in us the righteousness and life which we had lost. So pushing out our sin, paying for our sin, and giving us righteousness. Point three, it was necessary that the mediator should be God, that he might reveal the secret will of God concerning the redemption of mankind, which he could not have done had he been merely a man. Point four, it pleased the mediator to be God, that he might be able to give us the Holy Spirit, gather a church, be present with it, and bestow and preserve the benefits purchased by his death. And fifth, finally, it was necessary that the Messiah should be, quote, the Lord, our righteousness. And he quotes from Jeremiah 23, 6. Question answer 18. But who is that mediator who at the same time is true God and a true righteous man? Our Lord Jesus Christ, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. And he references 1 Corinthians 1, 30. He gives seven short points. First, it became the mediator, or it pleased the mediator to be very God, as has been shown. Two, it was necessary that the mediator should have that which became him to give to us. Point three, the Son alone, who is the Word, the ambassador of the Father, and that person who was sent to the human race to reveal the will of God through whom the Father operates and gives the Holy Spirit and through whom also the second creation is accomplished. For it is through the Son that we are made new creatures. So that spirit that we are given at our new birth, that is the sign of that resurrection to come, of that new creation to come. So we have that new creation already in us and in the church. Point four, it belongs to the mediator to send immediately the Holy Spirit. So the mediator, Christ, had to die in order to send us that Holy Spirit. Point five, it became the mediator to suffer and die. Point six, that the Son is the mediator may be proven by comparison of the prophecies of the Old Testament with their fulfillments in the New. And point seven, the works and miracles of Christ establish his claims to the office of mediator. Question answer 19, last one. For where do you know this? How do we know that this gospel was presented to us by the death and resurrection of the mediator? From the holy gospel, which God himself first revealed in paradise. Later, he had it proclaimed by the patriarchs and the prophets, and foreshadowed by the sacrifices and other ceremonies of the law. Finally, he had it fulfilled through his only son. And so he asks four questions to help us understand this. First, what is the gospel? It's a joyful message 
or good news. The sacrifice which is offered to God for his good news, for this good news. The reward which is given to him who announces these joyful tidings. Then he gives us a slightly longer, about a paragraph long definition. The gospel is, therefore, the doctrine which the Son of God, our mediator, revealed from heaven and paradise immediately after the fall, and which he brought from the bosom of the Eternal Father, which promises and announces in view of the free grace and mercy of God to all those that repent and believe, deliverance from sin, death, condemnation, and the wrath of God, which is the same thing as to say that it promises and proclaims the remission of sin, salvation, and eternal life by and for the sake of the Son of God, the Mediator, and that it is through which the Holy Spirit works effectually in the hearts of the faithful, kindling and exciting in them faith, repentance, and the beginning of eternal life. His second question, is the gospel a new doctrine? Not according to the testimony of the apostles and the promises and and the prophets which relate to the Messiah establish the same thing. Third question, then what is the difference between the gospel and law? One, the gospel is placed on the heart so that we know naturally what to do, and the gospel is not known naturally, but divinely revealed to the church through the mediator. Two, the law teaches what we ought to be. The gospel teaches us in what manner we may be made such as the law requires. Three, the law promises life to those who are righteous in themselves, and the gospel promises life through justification by faith in Christ. And number four, the law without gospel kills, and the gospel is the spring of life. What are the effects of the gospel? First, faith. Second, through faith, our entire conversion to God, justification, regeneration, and salvation. For through faith, we receive Christ with all his benefits. Then his last question, how does the gospel appear to be true? From the testimony of the Holy Ghost, from the prophecies which were uttered by the prophets, from the fulfillment of these prophecies, which took place under the New Testament dispensation. For the miracles by which the doctrine of the gospel was confirmed. By the testimony of the gospel itself. Because it alone shows the way of escape from sin. And ministers solid comfort to the wounded conscience. So thank you for listening to Lord's Day. Number six on our Catechism Thursday series. I hope you guys enjoyed this message. Were comforted this, by this message. Uh, see the gospel in this message are, are, are shown your sin, but also at the same time shown the bandage, shown the salvation that is offered to us in Christ. If you guys can subscribe to us, rate us on your, po or your podcast apps, whatever those are, find us on Instagram. We have some incredible things coming up and we'll start posting about it pretty soon. Some of the things you guys can look forward to in the next coming season, which we're going to start previewing pretty soon. So we hope to see you guys next Thursday.
for Catechism Thursday, Lord's Day, number seven.